millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hello and welcome to the Watford FC Buzz podcast. Myself, Matt Messiano, Jordan Weimer and Tom Bedell all in the building today. Um, well, my goodness, we've all been on the beach, haven't we? We've been enjoying our holidays, uh, but we're back now to, to, to discuss Watford FC stories that have been uh, popping up left, right and centre. Um, guys, first of all, how, how have you been? Have you been able to um, get over relegation? It seems like forever since we had uh, since we sat down and talked together. How long has it been? couple of weeks yeah at least a couple yeah, of weeks, a couple of weeks. Oh, well. yep. guess i enjoyed that time <laughs> well you, you you haven't stopped have you jordan you've been producing some really good videos um and if you haven't uh seen them yet head over to Watford analytics on youtube and, and watch uh jordan's content it's very fascinating stuff um do you want to sum up what you've what you've been doing jordan get some more followers over there Oh, sure. Yeah, this wasn't planned, by the way, just in case it sounds like a shameless plug. Um, yeah, I just I've been putting some videos out on YouTube uh, at Watford Analytics on YouTube, uh, just kind of discussing just the goings on, uh, similar to kind of what we do on the podcast. Really, we're just uh, on a solo format with some some visual aids as well there, just to help kind of get the point across. But yeah, talking everything from uh, from Edward's appointment, uh, what he does, what how he set the team up, right down to kind of the, the latest news in regards to recruitment and. Just goings on around again around Watford FC. Good stuff. So basically, it's um, just a, a normal uh, presented argument without um, Tom and myself chipping in and, and, and dumbing it down. <laughs> yeah, if you just listen to this podcast and fast forwarded through Tom and Matt, that's essentially what you get. <laughs> with a, but you also get to see me as well and my what's behind me in my office. Oh, always a joy. Are you the most handsome member of the team? Oh, by and large, I... massively. I highly doubt it. I mean, you're the only personal trainer member of the team. So if you didn't look good, then uh, I think you'd lose some business. (laughs) It is a requirement for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Okay. um, Let's move into the uh, Watford chat. Uh, Should we start with Rob Edwards? Uh, You know, it was a little while ago now, but we haven't had a chance to chat about it. He had his first interview um with uh well it was it was with it was an association with the club but it was produced by wd 18 or there was some kind of harmony there uh and he also had a chat to the uh from the rookie M boys as well so he's had a a good old um grilling from from a couple of different sources uh what did we learn from it guys what 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 what, what do we know more about about this guy I was wondering who would um, take up the Everest interview after we declined the offer, but um, yeah, go ahead, go ahead, Tom. You can start this one, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought he came across really well. I, I must admit, I haven't watched the WD18 one yet purely because I'm not a massive YouTube person, but I will. I listened to the wow, final get digging on me there as well. I see. <laughs> yeah, no, yours. You're an exception. I might not subscribe, but I have watched all your videos, um, even the OnlyFans stuff. Yeah, that's that's I paid think... though. Obviously. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm a paying, paid up member don't worry. Um, I think he came across really well he said all the right things and the, obviously the big caveat to that is it's, it's actions thereafter but there were a few things that I thought you know really resonated with me one of which was 
you know, he was quite ballsy and quite bullshy about the kind of role he would play in recruitment, right? That he would be involved with uh, Giretta and Pozzo and Duxbury. And if he wasn't going to be, then almost really, you know, why the hell am I here? Um, and I think that's absolutely right. And I think, you know, spelling that out from the word go, it's easy to say, you know, kind of, and there's been some debate around this, it's easy to kind of take the, the club line, toe the party line and just kind of fit in and say, oh, you know, I'll, you know, I'll trust these guys to do their job. But no, you know, he should be involved. And and obviously we, we're, long, we're far removed from the days of kind of managers identifying the players, signing the players, doing the negotiations, et cetera, et cetera. But they should still have some part to play if they're going to be expected to get the most out of them. So that was that was one aspect that was really encouraging. But, you know, but above all, he 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 kind of sounds like someone who has a plan and he's going to take responsibility and accountability. He gets the opportunity that is, you know, lying before him. And I think really, you know, to sum it all up, as, as far as kind of first interviews go, it was pretty textbook. You know, it was, it was, you couldn't have asked, couldn't have asked for much more. So if his team plays as well as he speaks and he looks, then we're in for a hell of a season. Um, but there are obviously a myriad of things that could go wrong between now and, and next May. Mm. So not to dampen expectations too much, but just throw that caveat in there. Yeah, he was smiling all the way through it, wasn't he, Jordan? Yeah, he seemed to be, enjoy- seemed to be enjoying himself. Um, yeah, I think in, in general, just to comment on that as well, I think that I think what Tom said is pretty much pretty much spot on. I think he spoke uh, confidently and eloquently and kind of got some points across in maybe a slightly more interesting way as to, to what other managers or recent managers have done um, for us. And I just think it was uh, it was interesting to see. It was, it was refreshing um, at the very least just to see a different sort of interview with a different sort of coach. Yeah. One of the points that he made was that um, he can't just copy and paste what he did previously in League Two and apply it to the championship. But what he is going to bring, which which will be very similar to what he did previously, was his relationship with the players, he says, is going to be very similar. He's not going to be treating them, um, you know, as, uh, I don't know, uh, as as players, but more as human beings, which which is something that you, you, you like to hear. Yeah, I mean, it's a difficult one when you... You know, you, you bring in the coach because of what he's done at a previous club. You want to try and replicate that success at your club, obviously. But uh, it's going to be a completely different set of factors at uh, play. I mean, the, the, the gulf between um, a League Two team and a freshly relegated Premier League team in terms of the, the sorts of players you'll be dealing with. Uh, you're dealing with players that earn, a lot, that earn a lot more money. They have a lot more experience at, on occasion. You know, you've got some some big players, some international players in there. The different sorts of personalities to handle, and when you're a coach like Rob Edwards that wants to have that close relationship with the players and wants to have that, you know, respect and understanding from them, it can be a difficult transition to kind of get that same level of enthusiasm and just appreciation from the players uh, as the head coach. It's going to be a different task for him altogether, as well as you know coming up in uh, against more quality um, and a different style of football at times as well. You know, it's a much better coached league, and it's going to require more of him. So, I think asking him to replicate directly um, would be would be difficult. And I know, obviously, as you said there, he, he that's a quote from him. He's saying that he's aware that he has to be able to be flexible, and I think that's what we want. He was trying to uh, avoid uh, discussing his tactics, but he kind of suggested that he's going to be looking at three at the back as a, as a, as a way forward. Yeah, I think I think that's part of the reason the club the club chose him. It's a it's a trend. Um, for teams that are looking to, to to gain promotion, teams that are looking to stay in leagues, it, it's a it's a versatile, um, functional system that can have a, a variety of looks depending on how you approach it. So, I, I think that's a it's this the trend right now, and it's kind of a bit in vogue. And I think that they'll look at that and see the way that it was used at Forest Green Rovers and think that it's a it, it's some it's a kind of a blueprint that you could start to incorporate into a team like Watford and, and see some success. So I'm sure he probably will stick with that. Um, there could be some room for flexibility there, but you know he's he, he's probably quite tied to that at the moment, and and feels quite comfortable in terms of getting things across and explaining what he wants from his players. I, I think just for ease of transition, you're going to see that to begin with at least. It's refreshing to hear from someone from the outset and and kind of 
whether naive or not, believe in their plans and believe in what they say. So often, you know, when we have a, when we make appointments, they're kind of ushered in. And it's like, right, by the way, you've got a game in 48 to 72 hours. And it's just kind of like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's just kind of like heads down, crack on with business. Um, and, you know, we kind of get to know them a little bit and get invested in them further down the line. Or they do terribly and we don't. Hello, Claudio and Yuri and Roy Hodgson. So to... And, and this is, you know, kind of speaks, I guess, for the kind of cultural reset that we're undergoing now that I think, you know, we'll talk about more in line with Scott Duxbury, but it's it's kind of refreshing to be able to go, right, it's the start of the summer, uh, or it was the start of the summer, we've got our manager in place, we, we're starting to know some of the bits that are coming in, we've kind of got an idea of what he's going to do, who his staff are, uh, his philosophy, he, you know, his, his culture that he wants to um in, in introduced to the, the club and and kind of grow and you know everything's ahead of us um i hope i hope that that counts for something and it's not all just hot air from me how do you feel about this um about this time uh compared to when ivich was appointed that's a good question i think the thing with ivich was he was not a great communicator was he in insofar as probably the message that he set he came out with and the messages that he shared there was nothing wrong with but he just always gave off that very dour kind of impression in the english obviously not his first language made it hard and it was difficult to be on board no fans there are stuff too um no but then also i feel like we had a i thought we had a similar feeling uh, around divich we thought maybe this was a turning point that we start to see the club operate slightly differently. So that kind of gave some positivity alongside just the kind of appointment of Ivich in general. But then obviously we didn't see that kind of, we didn't see the club live up to those sorts of promises. He maybe didn't make those promises as directly as they have this time. So I guess maybe the, the, the fact that the, the chairman and, you know, so on have been more vocal about looking to actually change, even though we did have those statements from Duxbury last time we were relegated. It feels like they've kind of put their neck out on the line a little bit more and they've said things they kind of have to stick to a little bit more and perhaps maybe that's one of the big differences as well as the fact that, you know, maybe you look at Edwards as being more of a progressive manager, but still at the time it felt it felt very positive when when Ivich was first brought in. So just yeah, I was wondering how you guys felt in comparison. Would you class Ivich as having had more success by the point he came to Watford than Rob Edwards? If you're judging league for league, is is, is because yeah. the, the league that he was operating in was the Israeli league, right? Yeah, and he won um, he won that, um, I believe. Whereas, um, you know, you know, sort of that was that was their sort of Premier League, wasn't it? Whereas, you know, Rob Edwards has, has you know won League Two of of England, the what the fourth division of English football. So, it's you know comparatively, did Ivich come in with more of a reputation, even though we didn't know who he was to be to be honest i mean i guess it depends because you know the the league is i mean it's slightly more reputable i mean it, it i think if you're talking about the the achievement of the two clubs it's a bigger achievement for forest green to win the league i know that maccabi been been without the league title for a while before before Ivich, as far as i can recall but um i think it's a bigger a bigger feat for forest green rovers but i think when you're looking at managers i, I do I don't always think success um, in terms of like league titles and, and competition, play, like place finishing and stuff. I don't, I don't think it's always necessarily the best indicator of of a good head coach for you. I think there's always there's a lot of good coaches that are in bad fits, and there's mm. a lot of clubs that are, you know have decent squads of bad fitting coaches. It just depends, really. I think as long as the it, it's a perfect storm. Whenever you get on those situations like Forest Green kind of going up as they did. It's a perfect storm of recruitment, coach, off the field stuff. You know, oftentimes they're all interacting and blending together. So it's hard to kind of pin down the success too much. And if you look at the success of a coach kind of defined by those parameters, then maybe you you kind of do yourself a bit of a disservice by looking at it as too, too broad of a spectrum. But I, I think that if you're talking about success in, on a micro sense, I think what Rob Edwards did was more impressive. You're right there, Jordan. I mean, if you look at Roy Hodgson and... and... Ranieri, both of them have, have won numerous titles and, and yet neither of them could really save Watford, could they? So very well pointed out there. Um, the chairman, Scott Duxbury, had quite a big hand in, in, in suggesting Rob Edwards and it's been confirmed in a recent interview 
that was released on Watford Observer that uh, you know he, he said um, you know that he put forward Rob Edwards and um, you know he had to kind of justify that selection. He, he did so by suggesting that he was uh, a similar to signing a Jao Pedro, and that you're um, investing in in good young talent that you that you believe in. Yeah, that was encouraging to hear, wasn't it? Because it makes you gives you some confidence that they believe or they understand the, the challenge that, you know, it's not just a case of appointing someone entirely different and that will bring success, that they do need to uh, give them the time and the resources and all the things that we've talked about in the past to give them the best chance of succeeding because even then it's, you know, it's not actually a guarantee of success. Um, given the fact that it's being kind of reported that the expectation is that we win the title as well. Um, you kind of wonder how easy it will be to stick with that, um, you know, outlook on the situation when push comes to shove. But it's certainly the right message to be uh, to be uh, sharing at this stage. If if Edwards is Joe Pedro, who's Roy Hodgson? Mm. Oh God, <laughs> Kutska. <laughs> Pushki, yeah. I don't know. I, I, gone... No, no. I would say Sissoko. Because Sissoko is one thing, doesn't he? Like, uh, like true. big things in the past. That's true. I was going to go two fan, but okay. <laughs> yeah. All right, I just wanted to get your gate. Just to get your point on that. Uh, and he also said, Jordan, that it's important that they got somebody that um, wanted to grow with Watford. Yeah, no, it, it is good. Uh, it is good. I think you. Ha- I kind of think you have to look at it in terms of kind of medium term rather than long or short term. There's always the the difficulty when you when you do look at coaches as, as being that kind of focal point that there's always the possibility they move. You know, it's something that happened to Forest Green Rovers and it's something that could happen to us. It's happened to us previously. So I think as long as you're preparing to to, to do things in a, in a in a way which allows you to still move and have life after Rob Edwards in a, in a positive way, should things go positive, positively with him, then yeah, it's good. But playing for the long term, you know, it, it's it's important in some ways. You've got to have big goals. And I think looking at Edwards as being someone that's going to be around for a number of seasons, hopefully, um, with all things going well, then, yeah, I think it's, 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 it's the kind of approach we have to take if we are truly going to shift uh, the, the, the avenue we've been going down. Tom, he says that he, he, he may have some bad games and, and there may be times when he's not quite performing. But, um, you know, you wouldn't just get rid of Jao Pedro if, if Jao Pedro was underperforming. And that's kind no. of what he was trying to suggest. There. And, and this is the thing, isn't it? Though? This is why managers are so expendable, because they're a lot cheaper to get rid of um, uh, in, in the first place. But it's, as I say, it's encouraging. And I think, I do think reading, you know, some of the stuff that Duxbury has said, he's certainly kind of talking a good game, that there's been a bit of a period of introspection and they've realised that perhaps the way that they've been doing things for so long and he actually said this himself in one of the pieces from Andrew French. He said, you know, we've kind of justified the way we've done things because of the relative success up until this point. But it, it's finally catching up or caught up with us now, hasn't it? Two relegations in three seasons. And I think they've realised that it's time to, you know, challenge the kind of perceived wisdom of how they do things. And that has meant, you know, going out and, and finding a, a coach who's cost a bit of money and is sought after and is young and, you know, I hope, I hope against hope it works, not only because of the obvious and immediate aspect of the season ahead and winning promotion, but so they don't kind of condemn this experiment um, to, you know, the deep freeze as a, as a failure if it doesn't pay off. Well, has he nailed his colours to the mask now? I mean, if, if Rob Edwards is absolutely shocking, can Duxbury actually fire him? Yeah, yeah, I would say so. I, you know, they, they still have... And still safe face? No, face will be lost, but you know that that is the tightrope you walk, isn't it? You can want to believe in a, an, a, a, an approach and a philosophy and a, all these kind of buzzwords, but results govern everything. It, you know, if the manager's brilliant communicator, tactician, motivator, you name it, brilliant with the fans, gets the club gives up his Sundays to work in the local charity shop and solves, you know, the sustainability crisis, but we get relegated with 46 defeats next season. Counts for absolutely zip. So, you know, there's a balance still to be struck. No pressure. Yeah, yeah. it's more about seeing positive change. And if you're going to be looking long-term, you've got to be looking at long-term goals and 
and accept that things might be a little bit more incremental than kind of immediate success. It just depends what the goals set are. Uh, obviously, the ultimate goal is going to be promotion. Uh, but what realistic goals do they see as, as attainable and also acceptable uh, in terms of kind of this season? Is it is it playoffs? Is it kind of seeing development of the squad, um, the kind of improvements that we, we might expect or hope to see and some sustainability? And then, yeah, that, that might be enough. So it really just depends on how we set, um, what kind of goals we set for him, I think. Well, the goal apparently in this interview is to have Watford playing sustained Premier League football. Yeah, in, in the in the long term, but the short term is how do you get there and be sustainable? That might mean a couple of years to get there, you know? It might not necessarily mean get to the Premier League and then you're sustainable for the next five years. It might mean you have a process of rebuilding a team that's kind of developed over a, a number of years in a, in, a, in a way which has kind of been detrimental towards the end of it. So to undo that and bring in a new approach, it might take a little bit of time. We do have the talent in the squad if we add the right additions to potentially go straight back up, of course. But there's also the possibility, of course, that you don't. So we have to kind of be prepared for that as well. In terms of um, Watford's chances this season, it, it's a it's quite an open championship, isn't it? There's it, there's not too many forerunners. That you, you, you... you know what would be very nice would be just to have a season where we actually did did push on and win the league. I know it's our last two promotions have been so uh, just not not obviously not disappointing, but we did kind of it, it was a, a slight air of I don't know, I don't quite, quite know the way to describe it, but it's a little bit of disappointment with how things finished and then not not being able to hit first in the last season we were promoted, maybe a little bit more understandable, but obviously the one before the original promotion under the Potsdams was so close to finishing first and we kind of let it slip. It's a very Watford way of getting promoted. There's no kind of clean way. It always has to be a little bit of disappointment there too. It would be nice to to establish ourselves and actually have that kind of clear lead. But in, in terms of the, the the clubs that are there, yeah, there's there's a lot of um, a lot of question marks over the teams. It's, it's a strange. It's the most championship championship league I think I've ever seen, <laughs> um, which is quite nice. But I mean, you're looking at maybe Norwich just based on how they've done things before. But obviously, this time they can have a, a, a different slightly different approach with a different head coach Burnley obviously appointed Vincent Company today which is a bit of an unknown it should be interesting to see mm-hmm. um, yeah lots of lots of factors at play but it, I think it'll be yeah it'll be fascinating nonetheless but it, it's very very hard to call a good move well, for even, Burnley you've got some dark horses oh, sorry, sorry. No, I'm just saying you've got some dark horses in there too you know you've got lights of some teams that have some quality players like Bristol City for example could they start to be in contention for you know pushing these promotion spots and you know, Luton Town again, are they going to be able to replicate that? You know, that'd be interesting to see. Yeah, yeah. Do you think that that's a good appointment for, for Burnley? It's hard to say because, and I'll tell you why, because on one hand, I want to say what's he done to prove it, to earn it, etc. But on the other hand, I'm very conscious of the fact that we've got a manager who's had one season uh, yeah. in the Football League. And therefore, you know, they should probably be applauded for going in an entirely different direction to, um, you know, what has been before with Sean Dyche. had a very clear, very structured, very rigid style of play. Um, Seemingly, Vincent Company has done a decent job with Anderlecht after a bit of a um, bit of a slow sort of start. But it, it certainly seems like a gamble. And if I was being kind of fairly cynical and fairly lazy because I'm not going to sit here and pretend I've watched a lot of Anderlecht. I haven't watched any. Um, I have read a few things around it. Then I would say it feels like an appointment made on as much, at least, on the basis of his name as anything he's achieved as a manager. Is it a bit of a, um, a Vieira to the Palace sort of thing? Quite possibly, yeah. Quite possibly. Which would be, which think... would be interesting because if you're asking to challenge straight away, it could be... It could be a masterstroke, or it could be just a rough time of transition because they might have a. I think the base level of players, the players they're losing. It'll be interesting to see how they reshape that squad and fitting things into what company wants to do. It could be a challenge. So hopefully that's something that just kind of disrupts them a little bit more and helps them. But yeah, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Well, in order to um, to make Watford's season uh, more likely a success, he needs to get in the players that he wants to get. Interestingly, in the interview, he said it only might need four or five, um, which sounds 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 good. It means that he obviously believes in the players that Watford already have at their at their mm. disposal. Um, 
What position should he be looking at, though, guys? What what are the what what are the crucial areas that he needs to pay attention to? I think so much of it depends on who's going. I think five is a is a reasonable number, but it it, it means with not many going, in my opinion. I think you're still looking at the ones we discussed before. You're looking at a centre back, right wing back, um, perhaps some cover in the wing back area, central midfielder, a striker or two. Uh, you know, I think that's probably what you're looking at is most likely a centre-back, centre-mid, right wing-back and two strikers, probably. But it, you also could have two in any of those positions uh, and one or the other. It's just really how they feel comfortable in, in balancing things, depending on, I guess, how Edwards rates the, the players he has uh, and also the ones returning off loan. I think will kind of all play into that part, which is a the ones returning off loan makes it slightly interesting because obviously we want to get deals done as quickly as possible. But then Rob Edwards also needs the time to assess the guys he has. So it's going to be, it'll be interesting to see how we do it in such a short short period of time. Well, according to Adam Leventer, Watford's priority position is uh, a new number nine, um, which, which you know, I, I could go with. I, I think that they, they certainly need support in that area. But I was, I was hopeful that, um, you know, Pedro or, or, or maybe Cucho could... Um, could sort of step up and be Watford's sort of uh, first team number nine, as it were. But uh, but if they're, if, they're, if they're believed to be um, accurate here, the Athletic, Watford apparently are looking at uh, Cameron Archer, who who's Aston Villa currently, uh, in sort of a loan deal is, what, is what's being reported. Yeah, I think especially if we're playing with two strikers, we have to definitely bolster that that group. Um, what, what's your opinion of him, Jordan? Yeah, I think he's really good. I think he's he's active, he's lively. Uh, he's mobile. He's honestly, he reminds you a little bit of Chicho Hernandez. Maybe not quite as, maybe not quite as acrobatic in the way he approaches things, but someone that's just busy. You know, he gets in the box. He can play from wide. He carries the ball. Um, he, he knows how to get a shot on target. He's just a, a tidy footballer, and I think he's he's shown at Preston that he has ability. And there's you know only partway through the season he was there, and he was he had a big impact. So uh, I, I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, I still think we need a different type of forward to, to accompany, but um, again, it just depends on how we, we look to build the squad. But I, I think there's a few ways you can go about it, but I think he's definitely a viable one. Just 20 years old, Tom, but um, he got seven in 20 games at, at Preston last season. Yeah, that's it. And that's in a you know fairly kind of middling average Preston side. You'd like to think if we're going to be up the end of the table that we hope to be up, up you know, and with some of the players that we've got, you know, there will be kind of decent chances created for him. The the little bits I've seen, sort of England under twenty ones and whatnot, he looks he looks exciting. And I think there's there's a kind of um, there's a kind of attitude of perhaps not taking young players from bigger clubs in, that have you know prevailed in in recent years. But to be quite honest. Uh, you know, whether by design or not, I'm not sure, but it certainly seems to be the case that we don't take big clubs, young players and loan. But if he's the different, you know, if he chips in with 10 plus goals, then he's been a success. And, you know, you'd reasonably assume that has played a part in getting us near the top of the top end of the table, right end of the table. So I'm, uh, I'm, I'm all, I'm all for it in principle. And I think, as Jordan said, if we're going to play with two, we evidently need more, we need, we need more forwards. Um, and he, you know, is someone that has scored goals in the championship. So it, it seems like a bit of a no-brainer to me. We've also been linked with um, Lucas Jow as well at, at Reading currently. Um, an older player in 28, but he's uh, another one of those in, in, that, in a similar mould, really, in that kind of position in, in, in the way that he plays, Jordan. He's a, big, a bigger-bodied guy, um, a little bit more physical and a little bit more power to his game. Um, he can kind of dominate players and and get shots on goal. He's, he's he's slightly different, but he's someone that can contribute for sure. And I think he's a he's someone that would be definitely worth a look at given his situation. I think the the question here is when you're talking about a player that has got some time remaining left in his contract, what clubs are going to be bidding for him, and, and are we willing to compete? But I, I think he's one that's definitely worth worth a go. I think you kind of look at, at, at Lucas Yao, and he's you'd say he's someone that's going to be able to come in and and make a difference for a team that's looking to get promoted for sure, especially when we are a little bit light in the striking region. I think having that kind of quality and this is one of the kind of occasions where you might look at experience more just for kind of like a background check to say, look, he's been productive in a team that's been varied in quality. Uh, could he come in and, and, and be good and be solid for a team that's hopefully going to have some quality around him and, and be playing some better football? I think you'd kind of quite feel, com- uh, sorry, 
feel quite comfortable taking that gamble. But yeah, do we do we compete or not is the question for me. Who would you feel better with uh, out of those two if it was a straight choice? Um, I'd say I'd say Lucas Jow is for me. Depends how Edward, Edward really wants to play this, these two forwards. But I, I think Lucas Jow, for me, in some ways, just because it being that little bit more physical, he's by no means a target man, but just the way he attacks, I, I think it would com- it would complement Yao Pedro and, and Yasser Espria as well, or even Chucho Hernandez. I do worry about the kind of physicality of that forward line should you be looking at Archer, Pedro, Espria. Um, it, it's looking a little bit light for me. I'd like to have a little bit more, a little bit more variety in someone that could attack the ball from some different areas. Obviously, Archer being five foot nine is not exactly an aerial threat, and having someone like Yao who's a little bit more well rounded in that sense. However, I mean, in an ideal world, both. But if I had to choose one at this point, probably Lucas Jao. I mean, if 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 it is the uh, the the former that that ends up coming, um, you know, it would it would mean that. Uh... Kucha would be our sort of like a uh, oldest striker on on the books, but uh, at just yeah, twenty three years yeah. of age, I mean, it it does feel a little bit, I don't know, unexperienced when you consider the well, the likes that we used to have. In, to, I guess uh, the out, outlier there is Ashton Fletcher returning. Well, that's true, and, and and what's the likelihood that he's going to be returning? I think it's very likely. Actually, I think he is returning for definite. Um, yeah, yeah, I believe so, and that, that's going to be. Be interesting because it wouldn't it wouldn't be the most shocking thing in the world if Edward saw him as someone that he could actually use in some degree. I doubt it would be the starting striker, but he does add something a little different. Uh, but that that obviously remains to be seen. I just think that I think it's a position group that we could definitely add to. It's it's so important to have um, variety and versatility in those two forwards. When you are playing with two strikers, you want to have a couple of guys that can do things a little bit different from each other and bring some qualities where others have deficiencies. And that's how you can't make a solid front too. We looked at the players we've, we played in those positions before, just from a Watford perspective, you know, Troy Deeney and, and Matic Vidra or Agalo, Forestieri, these are all players that complement each, each other in, other in different ways. So again, someone that can come in and, and play in a different, uh, different style, even if it was going into kind of an older player, a veteran, someone that you could bring in on, on a short-term basis that we have done before, I think it would be definitely worthwhile. I suppose technically Penaranda's coming back as well, isn't he? God, yeah, he is. I mean, uh, he is. Who knows if if maybe Roberto can get a tune out of him? Maybe, yeah. Penaranda's. I, I almost feel more, almost feel more confident on Ashley Fletcher than Penaranda, but mm. oh, what a fall from grace, eh? Um. Okay, then. Is there any other strikers that we've been looking at that I've um that I've missed? Um. There was one other, wasn't there? Just trying to think who it was. Keenan Davis was mentioned. Oh, that's there. right, Keenan Davis. Yeah. Yeah. Also at Aston Villa. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, and they think he's more likely to end up at, at Forest again, don't they? Yeah. Um, but I mean, very good player for sure. And honestly, I think he would be, he would be ideal for that that forward that we've talked about in in terms of having that different approach, different option. I think he'd be ideal. I think it'd be perfect for. It. I mean, I, funny enough, if you could take, if you could get them both from Villa, it'd be great to have both of them, Archer and and Davis would be a, a excellent partnership, but probably unlikely. Um, but yeah, no, he'd be an, he'd be an excellent option. I think he'd be kind of up there on on the top of the list for realistic targets. Should Forrest not be going to kind of pursue that one? Okay, then um, let's have a look at uh, at Weinback as well. Then um, and I think a lot of Watford fans. Tom had their their hearts set on on one particular player coming to uh, to Watford from mm. from Forest Green Rovers. Cyrus Christie. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, I can't possibly hint who you mean. No, I I, I I I couldn't possibly give it away, could I? But um, unfortunately, he's not going to be coming to Watford. He's he's gone up uh, and joined Bristol, uh, and that's um, at least in the Twitter sphere, it's annoyed a few people. That Tom. It has, yeah. I, I always say, you know, careful not to take too much notice of Twitter or, or kind of treat it as being representative of what all Watford fans think or the majority of Watford fans think, because it, you know, it's just kind of curated by who you follow and who is shared onto your timeline. But yes, the fact that Kane Wilson, the Forest Green, signed for uh, Bristol City rather than us seems to have caused quite a bit of consternation. More so, I think or as equal, if not certainly as much because we apparently didn't make uh, any kind of approach to him and I just think there are a few things to say here but uh, above all else 
who's to say that um, Rob Edwards ever wanted him? You know, no one yeah, will know true. him better yeah. than than Rob Edwards. And you know, he's worked with him for the last year, day in day out. He will have an idea of his current ability, his potential, strengths, weaknesses, you name it. And I would have thought that if he didn't, if we didn't go for him, it would have been a case of not wanting him over anything else. And, you know, that may even not be a reflection on 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 Kane Wilson himself. It may be more a case of, you know, not going to fit into the style of play or the system or what have you, or, you know, already thinks that we've got better here and we're going to retain those players. Maybe, you know, Kiko Femenia, for example. Um, the second the second thing to unpack here for me is that just because we've all seen the numbers and, you know, there's been kind of threads about him and, you know, Luorns has kind of talked him up a lot. You know, the, the people losing their marbles over it. I'm sorry, how many Forest Green games did you watch last season? You're just making an <laughs> assumption that because I didn't watch any. I'm going to put my hands up now and say, shockingly, I didn't watch a single one. Um, it's not that shocking, you know, though, is it? That's, no, it's, no yeah. exactly. Just don't. I mean, you, you missed just... plenty of Watford games, Tom. That's true. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Who can blame me? Um, yeah, exactly. Just think, you know, get a grip because there's been a lot of anger about the fact that Bristol City are one of these clubs, aren't they, that have already made a few signings uh, on free transfers, and there are other teams as well that have been busy. Cardiff, I think, have signed about five, haven't they? And I just think there's a lot of benefits to getting your business done early, absolutely. But it doesn't. It really bears out that that and that alone is kind of clinching factor in in whether a team is successful or not. There is also saw... the big point. Go on, John. Go on. Well, I say we signed Danny Rose pretty early last season. And that's a very good point. Yeah, exactly. There's also the and some of our better signings in recent years or in history, recent years might be a stretch, are the later ones anyway. Um, you know, it also it's nice to the idea seems good to have everybody together as early as possible. But you know, a few days here or there aren't going to make the world a difference. Um, you know, it's it's entirely possible that we will announce a glut of signings on July first when the uh, their contracts with their existing clubs are over because you know you you can end up liable for their salary if you announce them the signings in advance. Not always, but you can end up liable and there's absolutely no benefit to paying the, their wages if we can avoid it um so i just think you know we don't really know what goes on behind the scenes most of the time i'm sure they are working on deals i'm sure they are you know focusing on that more than anything at the moment just have a little faith and i understand that you know maybe the the, the last few seasons haven't uh what for much kind of faith from supporters or you know earning a bad rap certainly with supporters I 100% understand that but just trust that there's a lot going on in the background that we don't know about and it will all kind of bear out in the long run can't believe how optimistic I sound <laughs> that's know. weird I, I, I can't believe he ended on, to, on, on a positive point there <laughs> yeah you've not got a negative spin you want to put on this time real quick um, only that what the fans have been you know behaving like entitled morons Asterisk some, some Watford fans. One day into the transfer window, losing your marbles over it. Players will come. Players will come. Don't worry about it. Yes. Okay. So if if Kane Wilson isn't to be uh, the 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 new uh, player in a, in a Watford FC shirt, who should be looked at in that position? Now, I know you know we haven't really been reported with too many wing backs, have we? Or None that I can... Not really. Not really yet. Not that I can see. Is there anyone that's caught your eye that you think could do a job for us, E-Review? Um, well, I think if you're looking at kind of realistic or what could, what we could see, I mean, you're looking at Udinese. They've got two right yeah, wing backs yeah. sitting there for us. Um, this might be one of the few times that you kind of look at those players and think, you know what, these are actually guys that we'd want from Udinese. Uh, to improve our squad right now, it's not so much of the emergency draft across to to kind of fill a hole. It's it's players that might mean the team, make the team better, and that's that's uh, Festia Baselli, uh, who was you might know from his time at Derby. Obviously, the good season at Derby, which kind of earned him that move. There's a lot of talk around him prior to that move, um, and he he got the opportunity to play in a Derby team that was pretty threadbare, but just took the opportunity and did really well. Uh, the other one's Brandon Soppy, who again 
had a had a really good season. And just to kind of go back to Ebersetti, he's 20 years old, also the same for Soppy. They both play in the same position. There's no need for them to both be um, at, at Udinese this season. They've got enough depth there. And he's he's come over from uh, from France and looks, again, to be to be a quite solid player. And he's got quite a lot of potential. He's just someone that needs to be playing football. And I think Watford could be a good place for both of them. Obviously, the, if you kind of had to kind of put your money on one, you might say Ebersetti's played in England. He... He's English and or Irish, I guess he technically is, but he he's willing to to kind of come across and play. Then he could be could be worth an opportunity, could be worth a go. Who was uh, their starter for last season? Nahul Melona, the Argentinian right wing back. Either way, they've got a, they've got a, you know a, a, a decent amount of depth in right wing back and two young players, especially that want to be developing and they signed them to be developmental players. So I think it's an, it's it's about it's a good time for them to go out on loan if they have to go anywhere. It's probably could be us. Cool. Um, so centre back is the last position. Um, and I've been very bad. No, I haven't been able to find anyone we've been linked with there either. But maybe Tom, have, have you have you come up with any names? Centre half. We've been linked. With, have we been linked with anyone? I don't know. I not at all. I don't think we have at all. No. I do worry about that. I do worry that we'll see. This is as a position of group. I worry about. I'm worried. I'm concerned. That we that we see some of the players we've we've kept around for a little too long playing those positions. I do think we will sign a centre back still, but in in terms of links, it's been very very quiet. Ooh. I'll throw I'll throw one random name out there, which is someone that hasn't been discussed, but one that I think would be interesting is I think Paddy McNair could be a good signing for us. Um, okay, he he's one that you know he's obviously a, a decent age, twenty seven years old. He wasn't. He wasn't someone that necessarily would be kind of screaming out at you, but I thought even last time we got relegated, he was a potential um, candidate. But he's he's just someone that can play with the ball. I think you're talking about those those wide fullbacks that are advancing and having to play a little bit more, use the ball a little bit more sharply. Um, he's one that kind of sticks out to me as being a as a, being a potential for um, a good fit for us. Talking centre halves, I see Sierra Alta might be off to Israel. That seems like a yeah. pretty spectacular and surprising fall from grace for a guy that we all wanted to see more of last season and has done it in the championship. I mean, if, if there's one centre-half you want to keep for the championship this season, it's Serralta, isn't it? You would think in a lot of ways. you think he was at least um, he's, he's displayed the fact that he can perform in the in the championship. So, yeah, I mean, if, if it's competing for that central position, then obviously why not? But I guess maybe the club feel better in other ways. But then again, the, you know, the club have said that Edwards is going to get a chance to see everyone. So, I don't see why Syriata is excluded from that group unless he's just really confident he doesn't want him. Although in the interview with with, with Duxbury, um, he kind of dismissed that 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 was going to happen. Um, so maybe that's you know maybe that's not happening. But um, did miss the, dismiss what's going to happen? That uh, that Sirata's, you know moving to Manchester. Oh, he did. Eve, yeah. Oh, okay. But uh, what he did say that was interesting was that. Um, Joshua King has already left the team because he had a one-year deal, um, so he's departed. And um, the club are talking to Musa Sissoko and Danny Rose. Yeah, about their their con- about terminating their contracts effectively, right? We'll, we'll see what happens. Is the uh, the phrase that Duxbury used? So I don't know. I can't see. Yeah, I can't. I can't see Danny Rose being retained, and no. I can't see why Sissoko would want to stay. But hey. Even if they were of any use, you would reasonably assume that their interest in playing in the championship is minimal and their salaries are in excess of what we really want to be paying in the championship, right? I just can't. Yeah, I think you're see probably right. That. What do we make of Josh King then? We kind of, we've known now for a few weeks that he was unlikely to stay, um, whatever the information was, but are we sad or kind of feels to me like he's someone that could have done a job in the championship but at the same he, time he could have evidently never on the table either he could have done a job he just has to want to be here first of all and i think if you are going to be changing approach and and kind of going through this transitional period you have to have players that buy into what you're trying to do and it's hard to see as it's hard to see josh king as being every anything but a short-term option now i know um i know you kind of you could say it's a bit hypocritical to state that when we. I'm also suggesting we look at loan players, but uh, I think if you're trying to change the culture around the club, I'm not saying Josh King was a bad person to have around the team from a personality standpoint, but I think you want players that 
that are enthusiastic to be here are, are looking to kind of all push towards the same goal and and Josh King just kind of fits it falls in that no man's land of not quite really not quite really what we're looking for unless he's kind of saying to the club you know look I'm enjoying it here I think there's a good chance this season if he is interested in going somewhere else and other clubs are interested I don't think it's one that we should necessarily try and hang on to and like we will do with say Jao Pedro for example makes sense you? no I, I agree you've got they've got to want to be here ultimately haven't they and, and you would reasonably assume if we were only offering a contract that enabled him to leave at this point um you know either he had no interest in being here if we were in championship or you know we 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 knew we couldn't make it you know it wasn't viable for us either so um yeah it's a it's a it's a bit of a shame but then to be honest with you not like he tore the place up last season either he had a stinker at everton before that he sulked at bournemouth prior to that you know it's yeah i think he's better off out of it aren't we if he's motivated in the championship then yeah sure he's someone that would fit i think it actually do quite well for rob edwards but or at least playing in that system i think it would suit him but again yeah i think as you just said there he just doesn't quite just right player wrong time i'd say exactly with regards to transfer, something else that's quite interesting is there's there's not been a lot of talk with regards to uh, Dennis and Sars' departures. Um, you know, in terms of not many, not many suitors really that uh, that at least have have come forward. We've heard West Ham are interested uh, in seemingly both. Um, Everton were rumoured to be interested as well, but there's there's not many more concrete ones that I can see. I think I think there was a Spanish team that was interested in Dennis as well. Um, was it Villarreal? Interesting, Dennis. Possibly Villarreal. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's the same. You know, Newcastle been linked to both West Ham, Everton. Oh yeah. Honestly, just you know, just need to come in and just take them. Honestly, there's two. There's two players there that clubs will be looking for. I'm sure it's gonna be a little bit of time taken. It's not a bad thing that it's taken a little bit of time. So to me, it suggests that there's a, a few clubs negotiating rather than it being a swift deal. So they'll both get sold. Um, I'm ninety percent sure of that. It's just a case of um, who and when. I think as long as we can, as long as we can deal with the situation in a way which allows us to plan for them being gone and, and allow us to allocate funds in certain areas, kind of under the under the kind of pretense they will be gone, then it, it shouldn't affect the club too much. As long as it, as long as we get the best deal possible, really. Okay, cool. Any other business, guys? Some of the some of the other bits that Dutch Brew said, you know, talking about kind of uh, Giretta and, and Gino being kind of the recruitment people. They've, he said that, hasn't he? And the kind of focus on youth today, they've said, and the finance. I thought it was interesting that Duxbury kind of distanced himself from um, from signings Science, and so on yeah. when he's been, I don't know, I feel like there's been, but he, there was one quote, I don't want to misquote him now, um, but he said something, I'll paraphrase, he said something along the lines of, you know, my job is to increase the commercial values, sell tickets, etc. Sell tickets, yeah. Um, which is which is quite contradictory to so many of the other statements that have been made by Duxbury, at least insinuations. Um, even just the kind of the matters that he's been brought out to discuss uh, in, in previous occasions have been very contrast there. And that's the reason why people assume at the very least that he has got more input in other areas of the football club. And I think one of the criticisms has been why is our, you know, why is our chairman getting involved in footballing matters so frequently uh, when we have other people in those roles, such as uh, Giretta and so on? He did mention the one thing. Actually, I did see is he mentioned the um, the link to to buyout as well, which I thought was interesting. Did you oh see that yes, the, yeah. Essentially, basically, no problem. He signed us good players. Shut up, wasn't it? Yeah, long, <laughs> that's a, yeah. That's a, that's a good summary of it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You can tell you're a journalist. Which is true. He. <laughs> he has signed good players. He has signed good players. There's no. He's made the no club money. Yeah. He's made the club money, and you're you're yeah, unlikely I to just, burn a relationship like that. You know, I'm just bit not sure some... we should be so wedded to one bloke personally. Yeah, I think what Dusty says is true, though. We're not necessarily like there are other players we signed that aren't his players, and you know, he's. I think he's he's signed some stinkers, but he's also got some some decent ones in there too. And you know, I think if. <laughs> I don't think the hit rate on buyout players is any worse than the hit rate on any other players we've been dealing with. No, no, exactly. And and you know, you know, some of them the probably the jury is out on them even still, isn't it? You know. Yeah. We've, you know, we've got doubts about Clay and Bay. He could have a belt in next year, you know. It's, yeah. you, I can't think yeah. who else there's 
still going to be probably around, but I'm sure there's others that will probably still be around. So I'm sure there's others that we're going to sign. Cam- Kamara a, was a buyout player, wasn't Yeah, he? Ex- well, that's yeah. it, exactly. Guys, you voted for... Buy- it's, it's just a classic thing, isn't it? Lou Orns whips up a Twitter circus and everyone gets on their high horses about it. And I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Kamara's our player of the season. Dennis was probably in that conversation soon after. Who else? Sissoko. On paper, we'd have all have said with a good saying. Yeah. So, yeah, people just want to be angry, don't they? That was the thing. And now to I'm and wrong. to be and to be clear, this is one of the issues when when you have because I've definitely fallen into the same the same trap too. When when people such as Lou Warns or kind of myself or whoever, when we discuss players, you can discuss them in a positive light, and then suddenly it becomes the be all and end all that the club's judged by um, or recruitment's yeah. judged by, just because you know, just because people have opinions or they kind of take time to, to create an opinion uh, by kind of, you know, whether it's watching or whatever you're doing, suddenly it's, you know, for example, Kane Wilson, it's either you, you buy him or you bust. And it's, it's one of those situations which occurs. When, and, you know, it's frustrating because all, all people really try and do is just kind of give an example of, of players or talk or discuss players. But then everyone's so reactionary everyone's so instant gratification based that if you don't sign that player it's it it's done mm. and um yeah it's, it's unfortunate because we we as a fan base you know especially Watford fans we should be a bit smarter than that because we've seen more turnover of players than pretty much any club over the last five mm. you know five or so years yeah. uh, or more than that now uh, almost 10 you'd expect that we'd be quite quite used to this coming and going of players and not every player is going to be the next the, the next like the kind of saving grace of your season so yeah hope, it'd be nice if we could be a little less reactionary as a, as a fan group fan base and, and try and just keep it a little bit cooler when it comes to recruitment and, and see what happens yeah. in the broader picture particularly when you think that Birmingham are in, in real danger of being taken over by Lawrence Cassini and you know whatever people think of the Pozzos and you know, the stuff that's been kind of said over the last few years and the frustrations are all legitimate up to a point, but you can't yeah. accuse the owners of not having the best interest of the football club um, at heart, which is, you know, something you would have said about Lawrence Cassini and, you know. No, I think at the there, very there's least... There's no danger we... of the club disappearing overnight sort of thing. No, I think at the very least... As as frustrating as it's been, don't get me wrong. I completely I completely sympathise the frustration because, you know, I've done that. I've spent time travelling to games, and I mean, I had a season ticket fifteen years, and every single game I went to had to travel to get to. Because I didn't live in Watford, I know the frustration of going to these games, going to away games, and you just you just leave so disappointed, such a waste of time and effort, and emotional emotionally draining to to kind of go along to these games, or even just for, no matter how you support or follow these te- this team, sometimes you feel like you just kind of. <laughs> you're worse off supporting a club and we have to kind of understand that people are going to feel frustration and so on but I do think that for the success whether that kind of however you gauge that success we have had success or at least improvement over the last 10 years for sure we do owe it to them to at least see I, I think this season are we going to be genuine with our claims are we going to try and back things up and the first way of doing that is well there are two first, the two first things is a what we could do with the head coach. Well, people seem pretty happy what we do with the head coach. They seem pretty, you know, content in, in the guy we've brought in. So that's check one, even though we've not seen him kind of actually manage the team yet. But at this initial phase, people are happy. Step two, what do we do with recruitment? We're not even fully into that recruitment range yet. And we've already got people who are kind of losing their shit on it. So mm. just just take a step back. Let's judge it and see it as, as they go. As players come and go, we can make our assessments. We can talk about them. But in, in terms of grading this, this off-season, that comes when all the business is done. So let's just wait and see. And by the way, that doesn't mean that we can't be negative when it is concluded. But until it's concluded, it's hard to be definitive by any means. Don't worry. We'll unleash yeah. Tom uh, for all the negativity when, uh, <laughs> <laughs> when it when I it's really justified. try to be positive. That's the thing. <laughs> I- As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. 
So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. No, you've been positive today. You have, you have. I'm negative about people's negativity. I really do try to be positive. No, you two, I think you two kind of offset each other, actually. I think I think Matt's got like a, a bright optimism. You're kind of the the, uh, the Eeyore of the group, if you will. all right good stuff yeah i think i think think, i think that's uh the first of the pre-season pods uh it's it's been nice coming back and and such lovely weather as well i think 30 odd degrees or something it's uh boiling absolutely boiling um uh we've had a couple of reviews so let's read those out the first one comes from uh yeah i know we had some reviews um uh in contention for the um for the for the Marlon King sock, by the way. So got, got the people out, didn't it? <laughs> uh this one comes from Don't Like This Game Zell. Um Oh, our friend. Yeah, that's right. Um he's called this one Sanity in a Season of Insanity. Giving us five stars oh, okay. in a season more disappointing than seeing a ten year old boy on the family terrace vomiting all over himself after being fed too many chocolate eggs by Anne Swanson. This podcast has provided a much-needed refuge area on the ill-conceived and directionless smart motorway of football that has been Watford FC's latest premiership sojourn. So there you go. Um... Oh, wow. <laughs> very nice. Very kind. Very, yeah, very artistically put. Thank you. Yeah. yeah I, I wonder if that's an actual thing that he saw. Did he actually see that? Was he the 10-year-old uh, boy? Maybe he was the 10-year-old oh, boy. Is an origin story? Maybe. I can't imagine Anne Swanson doing something like that, so don't libel her. No, no. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't think she was. No, I don't think she was. Anne Swanson is the guardian angel of Watford. Another one here. Uh, excellent Watford FC podcast, number five stars from Chris DS. Uh, I've got a funny feeling I know who Chris is as well, so thank you, Chris. He says, uh, really enjoy listening to Matt, Jordan and Tom. It's an enthusiastic, balanced, and insightful listening on all things Watford FC. Always a great analysis on all aspects of Watford, from team performance and tactics to club decision-making and communication. Very much my go-to listen post-Watford games now. Plenty of serious debate and funny moments. Keep up the excellent work, Chris DS. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you, Chris. I've got a feeling it's my manager who uh, who is giving me that. Um, oh, yeah? Very lovely oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so uh, just leaves me time to mention that we do have a Patreon uh, and if you would like to listen to these uh, podcasts without any adverts, and we do put a few in now, um, you can do so. Um, sign up. I think it's £4 a month. Should be more clear on that, shouldn't I? <laughs> I think it's £4 a month. I thought you meant it should be more, as in we're charged. This is cheap, yeah, I thought, I thought you were saying that. Like, oh yeah, it's a steal at £4 a month. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, uh, I think like, you know, it's not just about getting value for money. It's also about supporting these hardworking podcasters who who, who do it for nothing. They just, just, it's support, just for the it's love supporting Matt's editing because <laughs> I envy it. And supporting my editing. And when we get enough oh, guys yeah. in the bank, um, round of beers for everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the plan. Where are we going to go for the when when I do get back over to the UK for a game? When are we going to go? Where are we going to go for a beer? That's the question. What is the quintessential Watford pub that is most? Uh, I suppose the Red Lion, is it? Is the Red Lion? Weather Spoons. Okay, what moon, moon, under, <laughs> moon under the water? Is that the one? Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Um, yeah, Red Lion. Is it? Is that the one opposite the ground? That's the one. Opposite well, I think the ground, yeah. we'd have to have. I think it'd have to be in a space where. We could go for a drink beforehand, and obviously anyone that listens to the show, fans of Tom, could come along and, and have, or just have a beer with. Oh, yeah, yeah. I guess if I they wanted to, if they do. were that we, way inclined, we could go to Weatherspoons. We could uh, broadcast our table number, and then just mm. let let mm. people um, do their worst. <laughs> well, I'd like I'd like people to join us as well, though. I'd like yes. people to come along, and that would be nice. Well, oh, either way, I'm, I'm this up is for a that pre-season pod. Yeah, 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 it definitely is. Right. Okay. Well, well, if that's all the reviews, then that's yeah. that's the reviews. That's um that's promoting ourselves more. out the way. We'll see you in the next preseason podcast, um, which will be along uh, next. <laughs> I guess week. it depends as things happen. You know, like we have yeah, to have stuff to talk about. Exactly. Otherwise, we're just gonna 
ramble on like we have done for the last five minutes. And I know I think we it's... should probably close this close this up because Tom's getting hungry. He's sat in the booth right now, having to wait to get on the train home. So we should probably close this up. But um, yeah, I we'll think get it's going to get busier though now, isn't it? Like we're we're into that period, right? That's going to um, you know, if the players are back on Monday, it's gonna it's gonna pick up soon, isn't it? So. Um, yeah, we'll it must be soon. <clears throat> yeah, thanks very much again, guys. Um, we'll be back um, in a week or two's time, basically, as and when what for news uh, drops in. Thanks, guys. Bye bye. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.